In the 2020s, a pandemic crippled the world. Some panicked, some denied it. These two guys stayed home, drank, and watched movies. These are the Jameson Tapes. My beverage of the night was Tokyo iced teas because I had had Midori. So to alleviate the issue of me finish, finishing a drink during the movie and needing to get up and mix another drink, because there's so many ingredients in Tokyo iced tea, I pre-mixed all of the liquor in the sweet and sour mix. So when I needed one, I just needed ice, all of that that's already mixed together, and to top it off with Sprite. Right. It is real, real tasty. I might die, but it's fine. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hey. Welcome to season two. Wait, no, that would have been the last episode. Fuck. Never mind. Whatever. Hey, welcome fuck to the Jameson Tapes. We're on uh, brand for not knowing what the fuck episode it is. Yeah. I've established what I'm drinking, which is a Tokyo iced tea. It's a variation on the Long Island iced tea. The difference, you still got gin, tequila, rum, triple sec, uh, and vodka. You also add Midori to that. Still do the sweet and sour mix, and instead of topping it off with Coke, you top it up with Sprite. And it kind of tastes like Ecto Cool or High C, which is terrible because of how much alcohol there is in here. Mm-hmm. Which is to say, it's it tastes great, and I can I could drink this forever, and then I'd die. What you drinking, Bismi? Well, I was drinking cold brew cocktail by Cutwater Spirits, and then I stopped. Because I feel like I'm going to fucking throw up if I drink more of this shit. Because it's way too sweet. So I have just stopped that. Yeah. Not a, not a, right not a sponsor of the show. No. I kind of wanted to transition to something kind of sweet. Because I've been doing nothing but old fashions lately. And, which is, which, which is great. Which are amazing. Which is great. But I wanted to change it up. Yeah. But uh, hey everyone. Welcome to the Jameson Tapes. I'm Alan. I'm Abysme. And there is a ghost listening in on us. Who is Sade. And Sade recommended a movie to us, the one we watched tonight, is The Deadly Spawn. Which, my gosh, yeah. is a tour de force. It has peaks, it has valleys, it has laughs, it has a few stretches of boredom. Like, bewildering stretches of boredom, because the movie has the strongest start, I think, of anything we've ever seen yeah. on this show. Of just, fuck you, we're going into this. Yeah. Strap in. Alright, we're gonna play on three, two, one, go. Hey, crickets. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wow. Wait, wait. This is this wait. is the most unlubricated entrance into a movie I think we've ever had. <laughs> this is the most immediate fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> movie, you can't do this. <laughs> what was that? You're trying to fuck in this tent. This is the McPherson tapes, but like unfiltered. The McPherson tapes. Hey, bitch, here's your movie. <laughs> yeah, like it, it literally opens with a meteor coming to Earth and then campers waking up and then monsters popping out in literal seconds and just no breaks, no suspense. Just fuck you. This is the movie. Yeah, straight up. It opens. Everything we're okay. Everything we're about to say happens in two minutes. Yeah. A meteor strikes the Earth. Two campers are disturbed by the noise and go to investigate. Find the meteor. One of them goes to get, like, a flashlight or something and leaves the other alone with it for a moment. The one that's left alone with it is immediately murdered <laughs> and was in the meteor, then goes and kills the other guy. 
Like, two minutes. That's a lot to do in two minutes. I cannot appreciate enough a movie that does not waste my time. Yeah. Oh my that's god. That's pretty great. <laughs> I, I am so caught unawares. The what? What the fuck is a flash gun? <laughs> Why am I getting fucking things flashbacks right now? Okay. What? Okay. What? Okay. Who is me? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's been two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Name a stronger opening. I don't. I Name don't know a if I can. Stronger opening for me right now. <coughs> I don't. I don't know if I can. Nothing. Nothing comes to mind. This was the most fuck you opening I've ever seen in a film. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I'm still trying to process what I just saw. Like I imagine the pitch meeting was just people like hopped up on cocaine. Going, it, a fucking meteorite lands and, and an alien comes out and it eats a dude's hand and fuck you, that's the movie. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the tone continued after that. The pace, I mean, for a little bit. Because from there, we get to the, 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 the house that is the primary setting of the film. Yes. We get to the house that is the primary setting of the film and uh, a, a couple wakes up in bed the, the, uh... Moving up the notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. A uh, couple wakes up in bed, and they, they... It's it's storming outside. The mom is wearing a, a sheer nighty, which is the only only breasts of the film. Like, absolutely transparent nighty, yeah. which, why bother? Yeah. Like mosquito netting. <laughs> I have questions, and they're not going to um, be answered. And it just feels weirdly in, in moment, voyeuristic it, it, weirdly voyeuristic and like in moments setting up a loveless a completely loveless marriage which just falls apart because both of them get eaten yeah very quickly yeah <laughs> we're introduced to two characters one being sam and sam is like uh oh, you gotta wake up we gotta start the day we gotta do a thing we're going on a trip and he then goes to check the water and like, ah, there's something wrong with the water. I, I'm going to go check the basement. And then he goes down to the basement, puts his slippers into galoshes, <laughs> and is eaten by a monster. And yep. And by the way, there was no establishing shot as to how the the aliens from the asteroid somehow made it into this dude's basement. Yeah. But that is... Just a thing. Okay, your basement is flooded because you keep the window open! Yeah, and this is where we get our first glimpse of the monster, and it rules. It's pretty damn cool. The monster effects in this movie fucking rule. If there's anything They're to awesome. take away from any of this, yeah, no, this, yeah, yep, great. Yeah. So then the <laughs> his, his wife... Puts, puts a rope on over her sheer nighty and goes down <laughs> to the basement and then is also eaten by monster. Also, is this movie just going to keep introducing characters to us and killing them? Because, I mean, I'm God, down. I hope so. <laughs> what time is it? Oh, no, we have to be wake up. Get out of bed. Let's go to the basement. Oh, it's flooded. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> After writing a note to the rest of the 13-member household... Of where their whereabouts will be. 
Yeah. I know we probably saw at one point, but I'm too drunk to remember what the words were. It was it was to, to let the electrician in, if I remember correctly. Right, 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 right. Oh, so, yeah. She gets eaten by the monster, and there are more awesome practical effects of, like, her face getting ripped off and crazy shit like that. It's great. It's great. It's it, pretty good. It's great. So then... Another couple wake up in bed, and it's at this point you feel like you're having deja vu. <laughs> they wake up and are starting their day, and yes, it's established that they were visiting this this family. And they, they are Uncle Herb and Aunt Millie. They wake up, and they go down to breakfast, and the two sons of the main couple who are now dead, so I guess nephews, are also there. Yeah. And the the father the uncle is saying like i'm gonna psychoanalyze you young nephew and the older nephew's like i'm a scientist and isn't that funny a lot of weird unnatural dialogue is happening it's very strange Um, (laughs) it does establish here that the young nephew though is like obsessed with horror movies and and scaring people and like using using like monster effects and masks and like like zap powder to but then they like they go through a very long like psychoanalysis scene to establish that yeah i like doing it well you know is there anything problematic with that no no i'm perfectly like you know well adjusted oh okay cool and then then that's it (laughs) and then the psychoanalyst uncle herb is like neat cool this is like the director's like there's nothing wrong with people who like horror movies which i appreciate but oh my gosh is it a weird scene to see in a movie oh i did want to circle back to the fact that when uncle herb and aunt millie wake up we think it's to the screaming of them dying in the basement but it's it's charlie watching a horror movie yes Um, at like you know nine in the morning so yes there's a very very awkward breakfast where the the sound is probably the weakest part of this film yeah. Um, every bit of dialogue sounds like it was recorded on a mic that was across the room and not taken out of the box it came in. <laughs> so Aunt Millie says, despite the storm, she still has to go to a vegetarian lunch party. And we will come back to that. My God, will we come and back boy, to that? We boy, will, we does will... that sound innocuous, but no. <laughs> that is very important. <laughs> Everyone remember Ooh. everyone remember vegetarian lunch party for later. So then the electrician that was supposed to arrive shows up and heads down to the cellar. It may as well have been wearing a t-shirt that said dead meat as he does so. Yeah. It's down to the cellar and Charlie gets in his head that he's going to dress like a Planet of the Apes monkey with a Dracula cape and go scare the electrician down there. And this is... The, the movie lost us for a little bit. This was weird. This was real weird. So he goes... So Charlie finds the monster in the basement. And it's it's dom, it's nomming on the electrician. Who he didn't even get to see get killed. No. Then the monster drops his mother's head out of its mouth. And then, they, then it continues to eat the head. Taking skin off of the skeleton... And really cool practical effects. Great, great practical effects. But Charlie just stands there. I, I guess and, in shock. Like the movie is implying that Charlie somehow does something different from every other victim to not 
entice the deadly spawn to eat him, but like I he's guess, just standing there. I, I get okay. Let's let's logic this out. Yeah, we established in the psychologist uh, psychologist interview that Charlie isn't very easily frightened. Sure. So maybe what Charlie did differently than anyone else is not immediately scream when he saw this thing. Yeah, that makes sense. So because he yells at the end of the movie to get the deadly spawn's attention. So yeah, that makes sense. So yes, we've 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 discovered the logic here, because okay. what Charlie figures out there in the basement interacting with the monster because he sees one of them get caught in a mouse trap and the rest of the monsters all kind of like look toward it is that this thing doesn't have eyes and is guided entirely by sound. Yeah. So he's just standing there, not making sound. So, uh, cut to... Frankie and Ellen. Yes. Frankie is an idiot, which is established by both his actions and by him wearing overalls with just one strap. Which I guess <laughs> is, is shorthand for this, this guy is an idiot. Yeah, and sure. Ellen also arrives, and Ellen is the, 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 smart, the cute smart girl is supposedly her whole thing. She is very cute and smart, and smart and cute. And they find a little baby deadly spawn, which looks like a penis. <laughs> There's a lot of phallic imagery in this movie. It looks like a little penis. So they're, like, questioning what it is, like, oh, is it an eel? And they bring it to Pete, who is the scientist who is very adamant about aliens not existing. They established that for some reason. Yeah. I'm, I say for some reason. It's clear why they established that. He's very adamant that, like, aliens don't exist, and, like, the scientific method is the end-all, be-all, and you shouldn't... Scientists shouldn't use their imagination. It keeps bringing up this idea that there's a book that says that, like, houseflies originated from Jupiter or some shit, and, like, how that's bullshit, and I don't know what fucking book he's talking about, because no one would think that, because Jupiter's a gas giant. And that keeps coming up. It's very weird. I don't understand it. So, yeah, Ellen, Frankie, and Pete now have this tiny penis and <laughs> go back to the basement. And yeah, this is when Charlie realizes this thing sees by sound. Makes a noise and the monster kind of turns to face him, but then he throws his flashlight and it turns to face the flashlight. And that's presumably how he gets out of the basement. They don't actually show him leaving. No, we don't see him for a long time. Yeah, Char Charlie's gone for a while. Back upstairs, <laughs> there, there is there is the moment where they decide they're going to dissect the penis. Mm. And uh, either Ellen or Charlie just asks for like a kitchen pan to dissect this thing into, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> that was great. It's like, let's let's dissect this penis monster in, your, in like your cookware. They do, in <laughs> fact, dissect the penis monster. And again, the practical effects of this film are the strongest. It's strongest aspect. Absolutely. And it, it, it's, it's a pretty convincing tiny monster dissection scene. This movie had a 25K budget back in like 83 or whatever. So, you know, multiply, but what have you. But yeah, that's where all the yep. money definitely went. Yeah, they dissect the monster. Realize um, nothing. Yeah. Like they do this and they're like, okay, well, that oh. was weird. Uh, and, <laughs> and she's like, hey, this is a weird thing. And they're all like, yeah. Mikey sees one of the slightly bigger monsters in the hallway. Mm -hmm. And everyone else thinks he's hallucinating. This is when Pete puts the moves on Ellen. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable. <laughs> what does he say? Like, hey, I've noticed two people show up here. What do you mean two people? Well, one's like an ape 
student and scientifically minded and the other one's a girl <laughs> and i mean you that like what the fuck and then, it and, was so weird and, then, and like in the span of like 12 seconds ellen goes from like i don't know if i want to be with you to them just like making out yeah yeah a different time everybody and he seems like a real tool absolutely um we then get to oh boy millie millie <laughs> yes okay oh, here we no. go <laughs> here we go the movie lost the bisbee and i for a period and this is where the movie snatched us right back this is fucking bewildering this goddamn like extended scene there's so much of this movie dedicated to this scene aunt millie going to grandma's house for this vegetarian this vegetarian potluck dinner i thought we were watching things again for a moment because it, it, it was so bizarrely mundane it, for the longest this time this movie walks the dangerously treads the line between brilliant and things yeah um, it was jesus aunt millie is at grandma's house and we see that there's a shot from outside that establish oh the deadly spawn are also there Aunt Millie notices a statue of a giraffe and comments on it. I was very confused about where where it all this scene was going. And let me tell you where this scene was going. It was an extended scene of Aunt Millie and Grandma preparing vegetarian dishes. Oh, for a long time. For a long time. For a long time they do this. And, and, and we're fading. Abysme and I are fading. Oh, God. We're like, what is what, what does this mean? What is happening? Please. So then one of the tiny little deadly spawn monsters gets into a food processor where they are making some kind of whipped vegetable I don't pudding. I don't know what they're making. There's a bunch of vegetables in the food processor yeah. and they're there. It looks like and there's then, a bunch of vegetables. The switch... There's a bunch of vegetables in the food processor and when they're eating it later, it looks like they're eating pistachio pudding. <laughs> it's it's just green goo. There's just there's just vegetables in various arrangements to no particular logic and it's so, so the monster gets into it and gets blended up the the gathering of elderly women commences they they all bring their dishes to this vegetarian potluck and then grandma serves her main dish and everyone looks grossed out for a moment and then aunt millie comes in from the next room <laughs> and everyone it's so good <laughs> <laughs> All the grandmas are getting munched on by monsters. There's previous men mention of a vegetarian dinner. This is filler. We don't know that. This could be important. I mean, this is someone making a vegetarian three-course meal. All right, movie. You've got you've got thirty minutes to kill all these women. <laughs> We're still <laughs> on the scene. God damn it! Feeling like a freak on a leash. Feeling like I have no release. Come on. I feel like a crazy person watching this. Come on. (laughs) 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 Oh. Oh. Hell yes. Whoa. Oh my god. (laughs) worth it it was all worth it (laughs) oh my god yes how did they get this many aged women into a scene to do this this is beautiful 
suddenly there are deadly spawn everywhere they're like nomming people's limbs and they like they're behind the paintings and they're just everywhere all at once and all these old women eating their vegetarian potluck are freaking out and like just in complete chaotic disarray and then you know somehow escape this horrible scene intact and climb into a fucking station wagon and just drive the fuck off they do. and leave the movie. <laughs> it's just a moment of pure chaos where like five elderly women are just shrieking over each other <laughs> covered in monster effects. And it's, yep, oh. I, okay, it's so good. <laughs> like sucked right back yeah. in. Yep, just when we think we're out, it pulls us back in. Oh boy. So we get back to the house. Okay, side note. Early earlier in the film, Uncle Herb, after psychoanalyzing Charlie, just just falls asleep in the cherries in. Yeah. Back to the film, who finds Uncle Herb? Is it the the trio of horny teenagers? Yeah, it's not I don't think it's Pete. I think it's someone else, but like whatever. One what, of them. Someone finds Uncle Herb who's been eaten by monsters in his sleep, and the monsters are all inside him and moving around in his eye holes, and it's fucking rad. It's pretty damn cool. It, it, yeah, it was it was the completion of this movie pulling us back in, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, the uninitiated threesome then barricade their se- themselves in Pete's room a- after all of the craziness going on downstairs. And then an additional character shows up with like 15 <laughs> minutes left in the movie. Kathy, I don't know how she's related to everyone else. I, maybe she was on the phone in the beginning with Pete. I, I don't know. But yeah, she shows up and goes, what's going on? Oh, hey, there's a monster in the fucking house. Welcome to the hell room. Okay. It, also, the weird point in that is I think the monster eats her jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It attempts to get her in the movie. Like the framing makes it look like she's about to be completely consumed. But they manage to grab her back and then her jacket's gone. So it's like, okay, well... Like, I, I guess you're okay. Yeah, you're fine, I guess. Hello, who are you? And, like, to kind of make this, like, a bit brief, because it, it goes on for a while, they struggle to, like, get out. Some of them make a break for Pete's room because they were in Charles' room or something. Right. And But Pete somehow gets out on the roof in the rain, <laughs> and they, they avoid the monster, and then Pete comes in through the window, and he's sopping wet. And who gets defenestrated? Oh. Is it Kathy? No, Kathy lives. Oh, yeah. you're right. Oh, Al- Al- Ellen. It's Ellen. Ellen doesn't get de- Yes. Okay. Okay. Ellen, who was the main squeeze of Pete, who we hate. Yeah. Makes a break for the room. Ellen doesn't get out. Monster breaks into the room. Monster immediately just bites her head completely off. <laughs> and flings her out the window. You- you'd been... You'd been trying... Abysme had been trying to tell people to leave out the window for so long. And then Ellen just gets flung out and Pete follows after her. So I guess guess yeah. you got your wish, bud. I guess. Um, but Pete goes out the window and climbs up higher. For some inexplicable he, reason. He just like kind of dicks around on the roof, sees Ellen dead on the ground. Immediately, yeah, I understand <laughs> trauma, you know. It's a fucked up thing to see happen. Yeah. Frankie and Kathy make it to the attic and they notice there's a window and they open it and Pete just like climbs in the fucking window and he's uh, and Pete just has this mo- he, he, he's like shivering and cold because of the rain but he's just like well 
I believe monsters aren't real this whole time. I believe this monster's not real. I'm just going to open the door and fucking leave. They're trying to stop him from going out because Pete's clearly just, like, just gone. So, hey, Charlie's still in the movie. Charlie comes back. Uh, comes back from the basement where we that we didn't see him escape from. And uh, really, really elaborately, MacGyver's is the only word for it. Yeah, um, totally. Assembles an exploding mannequin head. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be plugged in to explode like <laughs> plugged in with a wall socket oh so encountering the biggest and baddest of the creatures charlie baits the creature in with this mannequin head on a pole and has figured out the creature's thing so he makes noises to lure it he gets attacked by a smaller one of the creatures but then tricks the big creature into eating it and then tricks the big creature into into eating the head which has the outlet plug sticking out just barely and he grabs it and then reaches into his utility belt where he has an extension cord plugs that in and baits the creature into coming closer to the wall with sound so he can plug in the extension cord and blow this thing the fuck up yeah man it like it lights on fire emergency services oh, miraculously show yeah, up we skipped, point. we skipped over him using the radio oh right <laughs> The monster eats a radio and it sets it on fire briefly for for a moment. <laughs> for a split yeah. second. But yeah. Anyway, the evil has been defeated. And we were both kind of wondering, you especially, what does this mean for the smaller monsters? But it, it, to the movie's credit, it takes measures to address that. Yeah, there's a kind of a scouting party out, finding them, decapitating them, or putting lopping them onto like a bonfire, which is yeah. fair. And a lot of this epilogue scene is just more people talking and shouting over each other. It is like, again, like this is the low of the movie. It's just this weird epilogue of just emergency services and first responders just talking. Yeah. And like the denouement is like way too drawn out. Like, okay, cool. Uh, I guess we have to account for everybody who's alive. So, uh, overall, Sky, uh, Frankie, gets gets put into the back of a car with the, the hot blonde who's only been here for like five minutes. Yeah, yeah and he starts comforting her, and it's pretty clear they're going to hook up. Pete gets pulled out of the house, and he's just a completely psychologically broken man. <laughs> yeah. He's a shell. Yeah. Um, then they find Charlie in his, in his... I cannot stress enough that he's been in a Dracula cape this whole time. He looks like... I kept thinking Doctor Strange. Yeah. He looks like he's in the Doctor Strange cloak. And Charlie's just quiet, gets taken away in a car, and he's not saying anything. He looks pretty equally traumatized. I don't know if he's traumatized or just dead inside. <laughs> That's the problem. Like, he's held this kind of, like, demeanor since he went down into the yeah. basement in the beginning of the movie. It's hard to tell what Charlie is feeling or thinking. And I will say that anyone, like, initially watching this probably... Had the same thought I did. They establish Scott Bayo, what's his name again? Pete. They establish Pete, and you're like, okay, there's our protagonist. No, absolutely nope. <laughs> not. The protagonist of this movie is the little kid. Yep, who disappears for a good two-thirds. And they, they, they take him away. Then the movie ends. But wait! One of the search party clearing away the, the, the little baby the little baby deadly spawn. It's just like, yeah, yeah. I was on the radio, and someone on the radio is like, we just killed one that was like two feet long. And he was like, huh, yeah, that's no that's nothing. We found one that was eight feet. And they're like, wow, yeah. It's like they just keep growing. And then we get, <laughs> okay, I have to backtrack a lot. 
At the beginning of the movie, yes. we get an establishing shot of the house. And you and I both called out that it's definitely a fake model of a house. It, it's a lovely little miniature, a la Beetlejuice. Yeah. And we then get the reveal for why this was. Because we see that same model at the end of the movie. And the hill by the side of the house breaks open. And it's a fucking enormous one of the deadly spawn. Meanwhile, on a model train set... <laughs> Back to the miniature. <laughs> Holy shit! That explains the what? model! Whoa! <laughs> Goddamn! <laughs> Holy shit! Alright. Sam! 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 Damn, I'm fucked. Oh, a deadly spawner here and I'm fucked. Ooh. And Dude. it rules. This movie rules. It's so <laughs> cool. It like that ending yeah. alone makes up for everything yeah. in the movie. If you're if you're watching this on our recommendation and you and it feels like the movie's starting to lose you, just keep watching. I promise. Yes. <laughs> Even during its slow parts, it's like bewildering enough to keep you scratching your head but still watching. Yeah, that's a hard recommend from me. Oh, um, man. Yeah, and that was the movie. <laughs> that's the movie. It's uh, definitely watch it with some friends. Yes, that is that is a this this needs to be needs to be viewed in a group setting for sure. Delightfully again, like it's almost it's almost like things. It, it's like weirdly incompetent and claustrophobically shot, but has these bits of mostly practical effect genius that just keep you invested that is such a big part of this yeah i can't even think of anything to add to that yeah it's poor acting but it doesn't matter again the audio (laughs) is a little frustrating at times yeah but yeah yeah overall real great this is one of those films where they just got whomever they could to act, and that is not the focus of the film whatsoever. There's long stretches of people just not talking and encountering the really cool special effects because that's clearly the focus uh-huh. of the film. And it's it's a breezy 80 minutes. It is 78 yeah. minutes. <laughs> There's clear portions of filler because, oh, wow, this is a skimp. It does really feel like in the last 20 minutes where it's like, oh, right, fuck the movie. <laughs> <laughs> shit <laughs> what 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 drink do we make that is a this? great question i can't think about this film and i think about the worm at the bottom of a tequila Ooh, bottle okay yeah tequila sunrise maybe so okay yeah no i'm thinking if you layered tequila i'd want to incorporate like a more creative alien color in there what would we what would we layer into there i mean green midori but that would be God awful. Yeah, tequila and Midori. <laughs> I don't know if I could tell people to drink. I mean, that. I'm drinking something with tequila and Midori in it right now. Yeah, but that's like also eight other right. ingredients um, that kind of offset this. Well, okay. Hmm. So if you layered tequila, Dory, and what's our syrup? Because you want different consistencies, so it'll layer. I always like a little pineapple juice with Midori. You know what? Yeah. Let's. Uh, weird enough <laughs> and maybe yeah what's our garnish what's our weird ass garnish it's it's got to be like unsettling is the thing gummy yeah. worm <laughs> yeah there it is <laughs> it's it's a sweet one oh, which is yeah. fine and it is the deadly spawn rise <laughs> yeah rise of the deadly yep. spawn hey oh what's your spider room <laughs> moment 
Oh God, probably. Maybe. maybe oh my God. Ma- there's maybe a too easy one. Um, yeah. So instead of the too easy one, I'm gonna go right before the too easy one and go to the aunt asking about the replica giraffe. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think that's the and, one that broke and us. It. It's never referenced again. No. Like. I thought like. This is the part of the movie where we were like. What I wh- thought, what is happening? Why are we focused on this vegetarian pocket? Maybe for a second that that giraffe being referenced would come up again somehow. Like maybe the deadly spawn would have erupted Just out of the giraffe. Something but no. But no. They address the weirdness of there being a statue of a giraffe there. And then they it's it's gone. <laughs> they never talk about it again. This movie just literally filmed a vegetarian pot potluck for like fifteen minutes. And it gave no explanation. Pretty much. Yeah. You know, credit. Credit for fucking doing that and putting it in your movie. (laughs) Maybe my backup Spider-Room moment is just a scene with the uncle doing therapy. And it just, yeah. That was kind of the first moment where I felt myself become like a little unmoored from reality. But yeah. No, I'm giving it to Giraffe Statue. It's going to Giraffe Statue. That was... Oh my god. that, that, That whole scene... It's a fucking spider room moment of just what is uh, happening. We didn't even talk about Why like the reveal film? like initially when the creatures are biting them and then they just move that like framed picture and there's a bunch of them underneath it. It's so good. Well, there, there's so much in that scene of when like the the climax arguably happens that it's just like, oh my God, like it's, it's such a whiplash, tonal whiplash. That movie, movie that scene of this film just like, Grabs you by the lapels and screams in your face. <laughs> it does. <laughs> oh, did we mention this was Sade's birthday pick? Uh, I kind of, I kind of talked about it at the beginning because. Well, I, so highly recommended. This movie was just so fucking fun, fun all around. Great stuff, good stuff. I'm fucking shithoused. Same. <laughs> and that's what this show is about so we have succeeded in our goal hey thanks Absolutely. for checking out the show everybody if you like what we do please check out our patreon it's going it's we we, we are open about what the patreon supports it supports our our edit our editor mm-hmm. and producer said getting paid to babysit abysme and i and part of it is also <laughs> going to support us doing an in-person episode or two so we can travel and see each other and have some drinks together yeah and get you guys some some good content out of that but hey thanks for joining us sincerely and if if you go down to the basement and there's a monster eating your mom just don't react at all if your basement's flooding it's probably fine probably fine bye bye the jameson tapes is hosted and created by alan cheney and abysme If you have a movie suggestion for the podcast, please leave a comment, message us on the Creative Horror Discord, or tweet at Creative Horror with the hashtag JamisonTapes. Creative Horror is a network of creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. Please visit us at creativehorror.com.